Uh, Exodus 15. We've been talking about the Lord, our healer. So we're going to talk about healing some more today. Hallelujah. Exodus 15, 26. Uh, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Uh, at this place called Mara is where God turned the bitter water sweet. He neutralized all the toxins and poisons in the water that made it undrinkable. And uh, he turned it into clean, healthy water that sustained these people out in the desert. Uh, this is where he revealed himself to Israel and to us as God our healer, the Lord our healer. Uh, Yahweh Rapha in the Hebrew is translated the Lord our healer, Jehovah Rapha in English. Here God joined his name to the promise that he is our healer. Uh, Jehovah Rapha is one of the redemptive compound names of God in the Old Testament that revealed his attributes to Israel. And here Jehovah Rapha declares it is his very nature to be the healer, and he is still the Lord that heals us. We just saw that tent revival was called Living Proof. <laughs> Living Proof a tent revival. Amen? So God is still healing. Hallelujah. Why can't we have something like that in England? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start here. Yeah. Amen. The Lord can start right here with us. Amen. Praise God. Uh, the contemporary English version says, I am the Lord your God and I cure your diseases. The message says, I am God your healer. Young's literal translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing thee. Am healing. That's present. So uh, we saw in Psalm 103 uh, where forgiveness of sin and healing uh, is connected. Uh, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Plural. There's more than one benefit to uh, being saved and being a child of God. Uh, who forgives all your iniquities. You can walk in almost any church anywhere in the world and people will agree with you about that benefit. But when you read the rest of the verse that says who heals all your diseases, uh, right there is where you begin to lose some people. <laughs> so we're in the minority that believe uh, this second benefit, that he heals all of our diseases. Uh, you know, at one time or another, uh, most of us, we probably didn't believe it either to begin with. But at some point, we made the decision that we were going to put God's word first place, and we were going to make it final authority, and whatever we see in the word, that's what we're going to believe. Amen? Mm -hmm. So we don't determine the will of God by what we see or 
feel or experience. We believe the unchanging word. God's word never changes. It's people that are wishy-washy and, and always changing. So let's turn today to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. If you want to give this a title, you can call it Healing Compassion. Healing Compassion. I'll get you some notes. So. Healing Compassion. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Underline that phrase, the Father of mercies. And the God of all comfort. The Father of mercies, plural. Not just one mercy, mercies, plural. Let's say that together. The Father of mercies. One more time. The Father of mercies. The disciples' literal New Testament says, The Father of compassions. The Father of compassions. And the reason we have all of these benefits, uh, we have many more benefits other than just escaping hell and going to heaven, but the reason we have all of these benefits is because of his mercy. Now let's turn over to Titus, which is right after 2 Timothy. Titus chapter 3. Verse 4, but after that the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared toward, uh, man, uh, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, underline that phrase, according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So it's not by righteousness what we have done. It's according to his mercy he saved us. Now mercy is when you, uh, when you deserve to be punished and you're not punished. That's what mercy is. When, when, when we deserve, we deserve to be punished, but we are not. So we don't, uh, we don't want, uh, we don't want uh, justice necessarily. We want mercy. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, mercy is also... Uh, getting something good that we did not deserve. Getting something good we did not deserve. That's also mercy. Let's say this together. According to his mercy, he saved us. Amen. So if, since we're saved by mercy, we're also healed by mercy. And when people say, 
It may not be God's will to heal everybody. They're saying it may not be God's will to have mercy on everybody. Yes. Which is uh, a bad thing to be saying <laughs> about God. Yes, when it's God's will, it's all our saying. Yes, amen. Uh, Matthew 9. Let's go to Matthew 9 and look at a few examples here. Matthew 9, verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. Uh, the Amplified Classic says, This man blasphemes by claiming the rights and prerogatives of God. Now the scribes were supposed to be experts on the word of God at that time. And the only word they had at that time was the Old Testament. They didn't even have the New Testament. These people are supposed to be re representing God on the earth. And they are standing there looking at Jesus, the manifested, uh, manifested God in the flesh, and they're accusing him of blasphemy. Now this tells you just how far off religion is from God. And this is why we need to hear the word of God on a regular basis so that we have a measuring stick. And when we hear what other people say about God, we've got something to measure what they're saying by. Uh, because God is being misrepresented not only in the world, but also in some Christian churches by uh, religious people. So we need to know what the Word of God says. So we have a measuring stick that we can measure what we, what we hear uh, other people say. And it may even come from the pulpit. Verse 4, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise and walk. So here Jesus connected the forgiveness of sin with healing. Now, every Christian will agree God is merciful to forgive. What about merciful to heal? Well, that's not always the case. Uh, like I said, you can walk in most churches and they'll all agree with you that God's merciful to forgive, but when it comes to healing, you begin to lose people right there because... Uh, Somebody prayed for somebody, and they didn't get healed. Uh, and because they're walking by sight, they came up with a new doctrine that it's not God's will to heal everybody. Let's say this together. It's just as easy to receive healing as it is to receive forgiveness. Jesus said so. Is this what most of us were taught in church? No, but we're going to believe what Jesus said. Amen? And not religious tradition. 
So, as I mentioned, uh, mercy is also getting something good that we did not deserve. Uh, and uh, there are different kinds. Uh, you know, we, we saw the Father of mercies there in 2 Corinthians 1.3. So there's mercies, plural. There's forgiveness mercy. There's healing mercy. There's protection mercy. There's provision mercy. There's restoration mercy. And all of these come from the Father of mercies. Now, let's go on here in verse 13. Uh, well, verse 12, Jesus, when Jesus, uh, but when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Now, Jesus here, that is a scripture from the Old Testament in Hosea 6, verse 6. So God's quoting the word of God to them that they're supposed to know. Go learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. The uh, Living Bible says, it isn't your sacrifices and your gifts I want. I want you to be merciful. The New American Standard Bible says, I desire compassion rather than sacrifice. Now, these religious people and doctors of the law and experts in religion were anything but merciful and compassionate. You, all you have to do is just, you know, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These were hard-hearted, overbearing men, religious people, obsessed with rules and regulations man-made rules and regulations and what you could and could not do on the Sabbath. And they would, I mean, they were sticklers for every little thing. They gave no attention to relieving the suffering and hardship of the people around them. They were not kind people. And that's why Jesus said, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, you go away and learn what this means. I want you to have mercy on people and stop obsessing with your man-made rules of what you can and can't do on the Sabbath. I want you to start caring about people and, and having mercy on people. So what we're talking about here uh, is healing is a mercy of God. Healing is a mercy of God. It's a demonstration and manifestation of God's unchanging compassion. Now, go on down to verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Now, what did these blind men want? They want their sight. They want to be healed of blindness. But they're not asking for healing. They're asking for mercy. They're asking for mercy. Is healing a mercy? Yes. Is healing the compassion of God? Yes. So when people say God doesn't heal anymore, they're saying God is not merciful anymore. And that is a serious accusation to be making against God.
They will agree God is merciful to save, but not merciful to heal. This is what religious people want to major on. Now, you want to talk about blaspheming God. That's it to me, accusing God of not being merciful anymore, not showing any compassion. Verse 28, And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said, Yea, Lord. Yes, Lord. We believe you're able to do this. Now that's good that they believe that Jesus was able to heal them, but they're still not healed. Just believing that God, that Jesus was able to heal them wasn't enough for them to receive healing. Believing God can do something is not enough to inspire faith. It's knowing that he desires and he, he longs to do it. That's what causes your faith to rise up. His mercy and his compassion. Uh, back to uh, verse 27 where it says, um, they said, Son of David, have mercy on us. Uh, other translations say, have pity on us. Young's literal translation says, deal kindly with us. The Amplified says, have mercy and compassion on us. That's Matthew 9, 27. Now, there are uh, several different words in the New Testament that are translated compassion, and there are uh, several there are different words um, translated mercy and compassion, but they're very similar. Uh, pity is not just sympathy or feeling sorry for somebody. It moves you to action. So we're talking about healing as a manifestation of the mercy and compassion of God. Now turn over to Mark chapter 1. And we'll look at another example. Mark 1, 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make, make me clean. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He believes Jesus can. He's just not sure if he will. And right here is where most of the church-going world is right now. They believe God can, but they don't know if he will. Uh, I work with a, a lady that's a Christian, and I asked her one day, I said, does your church believe in healing? And she says, well, we believe he can if it's his will. <laughs> now, isn't that exactly what this man right here said? <laughs> that's exactly what he said. I believe you can if you will. So the question about God's will has to be settled or you cannot have faith to receive. People have to get past that question mark. You have to hear that God is moved with compassion. 
and he desires and longs to express his mercy and his goodness and his love, and he has gone to great lengths to make this available to us. It's the will of God for everybody to be saved and healed, whether anybody ever experiences it or not. Now, we've already laid hold of some of it, and we're going to lay hold of some more. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to lay hold of some more because the more we hear the word, the more our faith increases. So let's say this together. It is his will. It is his will. It is his will. Amen. Hallelujah. So this man says, I believe you can if you will, but he's still not healed yet at this point. Verse 41. And Jesus, in order to prove he was the Son of God, put forth his hand and touched him. Is that what it says? No. Does it say... Uh, does it say that Jesus did this in order to prove that he was the son of God? But this is what a lot of preachers and theologians are taught in seminaries and Bible schools. Amen. That Jesus performed these healings and miracles to prove he was the son of God and only he could do this. If Jesus healed and performed uh, miracles and healings as God... He would not have had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. It's because he was functioning as a man, God on the earth in flesh, as a man. This is why he had to be anointed by God. Uh, if, and if he was only doing it as God, then nobody else could have ever done it. Only Jesus would have healed people, and that when he left the earth, that would have been the end of it. And... It, obviously, he uh, anointed his disciples to carry on his work. And we see it all through Acts and, uh, you know, all throughout the New Testament that uh, healings and miracles took place through Jesus' followers. So uh, Jesus was not operating. He was not functioning as God. Uh, he wasn't using his God-given ability or deity, that's what I'm trying to say, when he healed people and performed miracles. What did Jesus say? He said in John 14, 12, He that believes in me, the works I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. John 14, 12. He didn't say, I'm only doing this to prove that I'm God. Now, the rest of you people don't get excited because you can't do this, so don't try it at home. You can't find that anywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Philippians 2, 7 tells us that Jesus emptied himself of all of his divine abilities and privileges, and he came to earth as a man. That's why he had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. These power gifts. Hallelujah. The same Spirit of God that anointed Jesus is the same Spirit that anoints us. Amen. So that's why we can lay hands on the sick and, do, and, and expect the same results that Jesus got. No, verse 41 says, And Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. 
Has God's will changed? No. Let's say this together. I will, I will be thou clean. The Amplified says, I am willing, be cleansed. Boy, he answered that question in a hurry, didn't he? <laughs> the easy to read version says, I want you to be healed. I want to heal you, be healed. The Passion says, of course I want you to be healed. So now be cleansed. Has Jesus changed? No. No. No, in spite of people's preach that he has changed, he has not changed. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, since he has not changed, when he said, then I am willing, is he still willing? Amen. When he says, I want to heal you then, does he still want to heal? Amen. Yes. And nobody has a right to change what Jesus said. No Bible schools, no seminaries, no theologians can change what Jesus said. Jesus moved with compassion. Now this phrase, moved with compassion, is translated from the Greek word that means bowels or intestines. It means your inward parts. Your inward parts to feel compassion. The Greeks believed that your emotions and your uh, deepest affections originated literally from your inward parts, from your bowels or intestines. And that's why the King James uses that word. Uh, it often uses the word, uh, the King James uh, sometimes in the New Testament uses the word bowels to describe a deep affection toward someone. Uh, now, excuse me for being biological for just a minute, but when we use the phrase, the term bowel movement, that's describing an action, isn't it? it it's an action. Uh, it, it describes the action of your bowels, that your bowels move. Well, in the same way, the human spirit uh, is moved by the needs of someone and divine power, uh, a movement and release of divine power um, is expressed toward uh, someone to meet that need. It's the same word. When you're moved in your spirit to reach out and meet the need of somebody else, it's the, talking about the same action. It, it's a movement. It's the same Greek word used in Matthew, Mark, and Luke when it says Jesus was moved with compassion in his inner parts. So write this down. This is what the word compassion means from this Greek word. A deep desire or urge that moves someone to meet someone else's need. A deep desire or urge that moves someone to meet someone else's need. This is why Jesus healed people. This is why he performed miracles. 
So this is much more than just feeling sorry for somebody and being hopeless. Uh, when these people with incurable diseases and missing body parts came to Jesus, he was moved to action to meet that need. Unlike the Pharisees and the scribes and the doctors of the law and the religious experts who were unmoved. They were unmoved by these people's needs. All they were looking for, did you carry your mat on the Sabbath? <laughs> did, you walk, did you walk more than that's allowed on the Sabbath? That's all they were. They were just constantly taking notes and records of what people did and didn't do on the Sabbath. Uh, we're not going to turn there, but write this verse down. 1 John 3.17, the same word uh, translated bowels of compassion is used in this verse. It says, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have a need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now this describes exactly what Jesus was talking about when he often talked to the Pharisees and religious leaders about their lack of compassion. Uh, every time Jesus healed someone, what was their response? You can't do that on the Sabbath. <laughs> That's all they were interested in. You know, it's not lawful to do that on the Sabbath. That was their response. They had no feelings toward these people. And uh, this verse that I just read in 1 John 3 where it says, shutteth up his bowels of compassion. That means to lock up or to put up a barrier. So these Pharisees, they actually put up a barrier that stopped the flow of compassion from, from moving out toward these people. They were hard-hearted and they were callous. They had no compassion that moved them to action at all to, to help these suffering people, which was exactly the opposite of what Jesus did. He was moved with compassion. Well, if he was moved then, is he moved now? Yes. Amen. Yes. Because he never changes. He does it through us. Yes, he does it through us. Amen. He is love in action. Let's say this together. I have a Savior, and I have a healer. Verse 42. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. I like the word immediately. Amen. <laughs> we want to see some immediate. Yes. Uh, four times in this chapter, the word immediately is used. And two other times, the word straightway is used, which also means immediately. So that's six times in this one chapter the word immediately is used so uh, that's what we say in our uh, faith declarations instant healings uh, notable miracles that's what we're confessing that's what we're believing to see so this man here um, with leprosy and he wasn't the only one there were a number of examples here of people that were healed of leprosy but 
Leprosy was not just an incurable physical disease. It also had huge, serious uh, economic and social complications. These people were literally removed out of public and they were put all together in one camp. Uh, they lost their job. They lost their, all their means of income. Uh, they were isolated. They were separated from their families forever. Forever. This was a horrible, not just a physical wasting away disease, but it was had horrible uh, implications. They were ostracized from society. Talking about a lockdown, I mean, this was uh, this was a, a real lockdown forever. But Jesus was moved with compassion. This man, he got his freedom back. He got his job back. He got to be with his family again. I mean, you know, this man was jumping up and down, excited. Amen. Uh, Let's turn uh, to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was what? Moved with compassion toward them, and he healed they're sick. Now when it says a great multitude, we're talking about thousands of people, okay? It says he healed their sick. He healed everybody that was sick among these thousands of people. Now, if Jesus just wanted to prove that he was the son of God, he would not have had to heal every sick person and that multitude to do it. He could have just taken the hardest cases and healed one or two people and said, okay, I've proved to you I'm the son of God. That's it. Done. No, he healed everybody there. Well, you need he, to wait for your healing. Huh? You need to wait for your healing. <laughs> we, uh, you know, he didn't have to heal everybody to prove he was the son of God. Why did he heal everybody? Because he was moved with compassion. That's why he healed everybody. And this probably took all day. I mean, if he actually ministered to every sick person there, this probably took all day. Why is he doing this? Because of compassion. That's why he's doing this. He was moved with compassion. Uh, his heart is going out to people who are hurting and suffering, unable to live a normal life and provide for themselves. Sickness is a thief. It not only robs you of your health, but it robs you of your time and finances, family. So let's write this down. There is no way sickness is a blessing from God. You can say it as well if you want to. <laughs> There's no way sickness is a blessing from God. Amen. If, if sickness was some method of God teaching people some lesson, then right here Jesus was going against the will of God by healing people. He would have been going contrary to God's will by healing them. But that's not true. 
Hallelujah. Matthew 15, right there, the next chapter. Matthew 15, 30. And with great multitudes, uh, and great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed. This means people were missing body parts. They were missing an eye or a leg or an arm or an ear and many others and cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be made whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. What, what did they glorify God about? The healings. That's what they glorified God about was the healings. It says nothing about God receiving glory from the people that were sick and blind and maimed and crippled. No, it's when they got healed. That's when God got glory. We just saw that clip of the video. Uh, people began to glorify God when that woman was healed and jump up and down and, and run around. God, that's when people began to rejoice and give glory to God. They weren't giving glory to God that she was sick. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have what? I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Now, if you go on and read the rest of this, this is the multiplication of the loaves and fish that fed 4,000 men plus women and children. This was not a healing mercy. This was a provision mercy. Meeting the needs of people in the form of multiplying food because they'd been out there for days and they had nothing to eat. So this is an example of God's mercy being extended in the material realm. Not just forgiveness, not just healing, but in the material realm. If Jesus was moved with compassion who were out of food, uh, does he care if you have plenty? Amen. He wants us to have plenty. So there's forgiveness mercy, there's healing mercy, there's provision mercy, there's protection mercy, there's restoration mercy. Let's say this together. The Father of mercies, the Father of compassions. So has God changed? No. No, he has not changed. Is God any less merciful today than he was when Jesus is here? No. No. But this is what you, this is what people are saying when they get up and preach that God doesn't heal anymore and these things have passed away and it's it's uh, not for everybody and these things are a mystery and we just don't know. They're saying that God is less merciful and less compassionate today than he was when Jesus was physically here. And this is not true. Uh, the, what has happened is God has not changed. People have changed. Mm -hmm. 
The truth has been ignored and it's been lost. And things other than the word of God have been preached and taught. This is the problem. Let's write this down. Compassion always produces action. Compassion always produces action. That's what the word literally means. It's a moving. Um, now somebody might say, well, if it's his will, and if he's still compassionate, then why doesn't he do something? He already has. He already has. He already has. 2,000 years ago, God moved. And he did something, and he sent Jesus, and he put all of our sin on him, and he put all of our sicknesses and diseases on Jesus. If there had never been any sin, there would never have been any sickness or lack or poverty or these other byproducts of sin. Uh, there's nothing else Jesus needs to do to save anybody. There's nothing else Jesus needs to do to heal someone. It's just a matter of receiving. Yes. Amen? Yeah, believing and receiving, yeah. And, you know, the first time you witnessed to somebody or the first time somebody witnessed to you about Jesus, you may not have paid any attention. You know, you may have just buffed it off. But God, in his mercy, kept sending somebody across your path. Amen? And, and we don't have to pray... God save so-and-so. God save uncle so-and-so. No, he's already done his part. We just pray, Lord, send laborers across their path that they'll listen to. And if they don't listen to the first one, send somebody else. Amen? And God in his mercy will keep uh, sending people across their path. And, you know, when we sometimes ignore the Lord or we're not sensitive to his prompting or we make a mistake, his mercies toward us. He'll bring that back to our remembrance again. You need to do so and so or, you know, he'll bring that back to our remembrance. That's part of his mercy toward us. So Jesus took our sins and he took our diseases and pain. And when he took care of the sin problem, he also took care of all the other uh, byproducts of sin uh, sickness and lack and so forth. And that's why Jesus said uh, to those religious people, which is easier? Uh, your sins be forgiven you or rise up, take up your bed and walk. One's just as easy as the other. Jesus has already taken care of the sin problem, which included sickness and everything else. So that's why he said, which is easier? They're both taken care of at the same time in the same place. One's just as easy as the other. Amen. So, uh, not only has God done something, not only did he move 2,000 years ago, he's still doing something. Amen. Mm -hmm. Jesus is at the right hand of God where he ever lives to make intercession for us. Uh, there was something I wanted to say, and I think I missed it somehow. But um, when our level of faith, uh, when our level of faith for healing gets to the same level as uh, faith for forgiveness, 
then healing will be just as common as getting saved, as being forgiven. When our level of faith for healing gets to the same level that we have concerning forgiveness, we have no problem receiving forgiveness of our sin. And when we get to the same level on healing, healing will be just as common as people getting saved. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is uh, at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us, so he's still moving. He's still doing something. And this is why it's, it's disrespectful when people say, well, if God's so merciful, why didn't he do something? He, he, that's, you know, that's not a good attitude to have, you know. Uh, he is merciful. He is compassionate. He's still moving. We just saw that video. We just saw that video. He's, he's moving, but you're not going to see it on the BBC and the ITV or whatever. And like Frank said, even maybe at church. Yeah, well, when, if, if churches are meeting, you're not going to see it. Yeah, and it, like Nancy said, if churches are not even meeting and they're closed up, you're definitely not going to see it. So, uh, so that's why we're meeting. Amen. We're expecting God to, to move. We're inviting him. Amen. He can start with us. Hallelujah. And we've already experienced some, but we're going to see more. Amen. Amen. And our faith level is going to come up. Hallelujah. So we need to be respectful to God and honor him and humble ourselves and submit ourselves to him. Um, and and you, could, you could see that. These people that came up there for healing in that video, they didn't have a lousy attitude, you know. Well, I don't know why God hadn't already healed me or whatever. No, they came up there respectful, honoring God, submitting uh, humbly to God, but they were expectant. That, that lady with the multiple sclerosis, you could tell she had a look of expectation on her faith and she expected to get something. Amen. And she did. Hallelujah. Let's turn to our last scripture, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Uh, 14. Uh, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession or confession. Well, that's what we're doing. We're continuing to, we're holding fast to our confession of God's word. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, in plain English, that just says Jesus feels what we feel. Whatever we feel, Jesus feels it. He's already felt it. Felt it. He felt it when, when he was on the earth. He felt every emotion and everything that we feel. So, so he, he can identify with us in that respect but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, fearlessly, confident to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. Isn't that what we're talking about? Mercy, compassion. And find grace to help in time of need. 
The contemporary English version says, so whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. There we will be treated with undeserved kindness and we will find help. Uh, the message paraphrase says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he so, is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Amen? Let's say that together. Are we still in Hebrews 4? Yes. Uh -huh. I couldn't find it. Verse uh, 16. Oh, right. Thank you very much. Let's say that together. Yes, Take the mercy. Take the mercy. Accept the help. Amen. Amen. So Amen. mercy is getting something good that we did not deserve. Yes. So you sometimes you hear people talking about bombarding the gates of heaven, you know. Well, we don't have to bombard the gates. Jesus says, you, yeah. you New Testament New Covenant children, you don't have to stay out at the gates. The gates are open. Just walk in. Walk into the throne. Amen? Walk right up to me. Don't be smart, Alec, you know. But walk up to me uh, bravely, confidently, boldly, and obtain your mercy and your compassion and my compassion in time of need. Amen? Whatever you need. Amen. So let's say this together. I believe I receive complete forgiveness for every mistake, every failure, every sin. I receive total forgiveness and cleansing by the blood of the Lamb. By faith, I believe I receive healing for everything that needs to be healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet and everything in between I believe that I receive complete healing from the Father of Compassions. Amen. Amen.